0: This is Tax Chats. Hello, I'm Scott Diring. And I am Jeff Hoops. And we're here to chat about taxes. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Tax Chats. I'm Scott Diring, professor of accounting at Duke University. And I am joined, as always, by a professor of accounting at the University of North Carolina. His name is... Jeffrey L. Hoops. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello. What does L stand for? Lamro. Jeffrey Lamro Hoops. Yep, yeah,
1: that's it.
0: All right, Jeff, you have something for us to do today, I presume.
1: Yes, we do. So, yes, I do rather. So, what's fascinating about this podcast is kind of the division of labor has fallen into an interesting, uh, interesting way in that for the most part, I find our guests when we want to have guests. And what that means is all sorts of crazy things will enter my mind and I'll pops into my mind saying somebody should be on the podcast. I send an email and most people oblige and we have a fascinating array of guests for you to listen to, but not everyone obliges. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to tell Scott some people that I've emailed asking to be on the podcast who have either not replied at all or declined. And he's going to try to guess what we would have talked about, and then maybe if it's interesting enough, we'll talk about that thing in their absence.
0: Okay, this sounds good. Ready? Now, by the way, I did not Google these people. I don't even know who the people are in some cases. So, uh,
1: okay, this so this is the chats, the tax chats that could have been.
0: <laughs> it's a little been. bit
1: sad, actually, as we think about the amazing chats
0: we could have had. With well, these there is opportunity for redemption here too, because if some of these people happen to be listening to Tax Chats. Oh we, yeah, we'll, if
1: you, or if listeners, if you if you're yeah. best friends with these people, you should have you say there's there's a chance
0: we're willing to you, forgive. We yeah, can let we'll them come forgive back forget.
1: on. Yeah, certainly very forgiving people.
0: We're filled with mercy over here.
1: Yeah, and and Diet uh, Dr Pepper. Okay, so here's <laughs> mercy the Mercy and Dr um, <laughs>
0: Pepper. Okay, Diet Dr Pepper. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Diet Dr Pepper. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs>
1: here is the first person. Are you ready?
0: Yeah.
1: I emailed John.
0: Edwards. Okay, so I have an idea on this one. First, you got to tell us
1: who John Edwards is, if you know.
0: Everybody in North Carolina knows who John Edwards is because he's a former senator from North Carolina and presidential candidate. And this was it would have been about the same time I think John Kerry ran for president. Am I getting that right? I think it is. Uh, This would have been like maybe two thousand four, something like that. And uh, Jessica probably looked that up, so I'm kind of guessing.
1: I, remember, I think Edwards ran for president, then he didn't work out, so he was Kerry's vice presidential nominee. It was the Kerry-Edwards Oh, that's ticket. right. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, during that, of course, when you become um, uh, an important candidate, often you're, uh, people start scrutinizing your taxes. And one of the things I know that John Edwards was sort of called out for is a little thing that I don't know if it has an official name, but it's like a, a tax shelter that involves an S-corporation. And the way this works is if you're like a professional in uh, a certain types of industries, like for example, I think Edwards is a lawyer, you set up an S corporation for your law firm, and then you pay yourself wages. You're, the S corporation pays the l- lawyers wages. But of course, wages have uh, self-employment taxes associated with them. And so what you want to do is you want to pay yourself the lowest possible wage And then have the rest of your income flow to you as profits from the S corporation, which are not subjected to the self-employment taxes. And um, I think he was sort of called out for doing that because he paid himself low wages, but he was a multimillionaire. Did I get it right?
1: That is correct, except for there's a few corrections. You said this doesn't have a name. It does have a name.
0: I didn't say it does. I said I don't know it, but probably does, yeah.
1: The name is the John Edwards Tax Shelter.
0: <laughs> the John Edwards. Shelter. If you Google
1: John Edwards Tax Shelter, John Edwards tax plan or scheme or something like that. This is well known to be associated with John Edwards. Because like everybody in the industry knew this was happening, but it got brought into the mainstream that people did this, like very commonly with John Edwards and the releases tax return. So it's known as that. So whenever I whenever I hear the John Edwards tax Shelter, there's a there's an episode of The Simpsons where, Sim, where Homer Simpson is found to have a very small brain and a lot of like head that surrounds it, so his brain is very well protected, and the the doctor calls it Homer Simpsonitis. And right as soon as Homer is diagnosed with Homer Simpsonitis, Homer Simpson yells out, "Why me?" <laughs> <laughs> so when I think of that, the John Edwards tax shelter. Why did he do it? Well, because it's his tax shelter.
0: Okay, so I also think maybe you know this. I think President Biden. Um, Basically, everybody does this. Yeah, there this was there was like like an article a year or two of the, ago many about of President the presidential Biden returns. having done the same thing. And so President
1: yeah. Biden and the Newt Gingrich did the same thing. So a lot of the presidential nominees have done the same thing. As anybody with flow-through entity often sets it up. And the question is, when when you say do the same thing, all the only means is have the flow-through entity coming and then it's kind of a, a question of judgment whether or not they pay themselves adequate. Wages or not, and that's that's where it gets a little bit tricky. But yeah, this is not at all uncommon. But again, kind of came to light with uh, John Edwards. So I invited him on the show to talk about his own tax shelter. And, and I did got, he say?
0: Did he say no, or did he just not respond?
1: Not not even replied. It's actually quite easy to find. So some of these people had to find like work a, a little bit to try to find an email address or contact somebody that might know their email address. John Edwards is a practicing attorney in North Carolina, and you can just email the guy. So if any of you know John and and, uh, former Senator Edwards and he wants to come on and talk about his amazing tax strategy, you should let him know. We're happy to have him.
0: All right. That'd be amazing. So if you know John, Senator Edwards, let us know.
1: Okay. Uh, As long as we're talking about Johns.
0: You have another John?
1: I have another John. John Fetterman.
0: I do not know who that is. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: So John Fetterman is currently a the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Oh, he's shoot, I'm not for, up on
0: my Pennsylvania state politics.
1: Okay, but he's running for U.S. Senate. So there's Dr. Oz, the Republican candidate, and John Fetterman, who is the Democratic I candidate. I have
0: heard about Dr. Oz and, the, and the campaign.
1: The Oz-Fetterman race. So the question is, what would... Uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman contribute to our podcast? Well, it's because he had a pretty interesting article. It's like an op-ed or something like this where he was asking for the city of Philadelphia, because he's from Pennsylvania, uh, they should have a soda tax. And one of his arguments for the soda tax was that it would help poor people. And so I wanted him to be on the podcast to talk to us about why soda taxes are good for poor people.
0: Now, I believe that you began our episode today by saying you were filled with Dr. Pepper.
1: Oh, well, maybe that, you have a... Well... Was
0: was that foreshadowing? Did you know you were going to talk about this? No,
1: I didn't. I, I mean, it wasn't foreshadowing. I just thought of like, what's the most likely thing that I'm full of that I can say out loud? Um, and... It's Diet Dr. Pepper. I don't think Diet Dr. Pepper would be subject to the soda taxes. Most of these taxes, is my understanding, are based on uh, sugar content.
0: Ah, so diet, diet Dr. would Pepper not be subjective no because sugar, it has no sugar. artificial sugar. Yeah. Okay,
1: so back to, the, back to the point, though, is why, why, did, I, why did I want to like, quiz Mr. Fetterman on why soda taxes are good for poor people? Uh,
0: my guess is so, so I'm, I, I don't know exactly. I'm just going to say. Do we think of
1: soda taxes as regressive or progressive?
0: Um, Interestingly enough, I think that I would probably think of them as sort of regressive on the surface in the sense that my guess is poor people consume more soda than rich people. Especially as
1: a percentage of their income.
0: As a percentage, of the, especially as a percentage. Uh, I income. think
1: in general and as a percentage of their
0: income. Yeah, in general and as a percentage. Okay. But I also think that um, because poor people are less likely to have health insurance if you can keep them out of the doctor's office, that might actually outweigh this regressive tax in some okay, way. So then
1: you get into like paternalism. Is like, a, are, we, are we to decide what's best for soda drinking people or the soda drinking people? Well, maybe best. Mr. Fetterman so wants so to decide. Maybe Fetterman. That's what we wanted to talk to him about. You know, who, who knows what's true, but that's what we wanted Mr. Fetterman to come in and talk about. But uh, And is he still John, running? He's still running. I well, think. this is a We're,
0: chance for him to get some publicity by coming on tax. All Chats podcast.
1: dozen of our listeners could come. Yeah.
0: All, all 10 listeners John could vote Fetterman. for him except for probably none of them live in Pennsylvania, but uh, maybe,
1: maybe, yeah. maybe one, uh, in an event. That's why I wanted John Fetterman thought it would have been a fascinating conversation, especially so I, I didn't bring up. So John Fetterman, for example, is, is pretty actually interesting guy. You should YouTube the guy just to watch him talk and watch him. Um, like he always wears like a hoodie and often shorts, no matter what he's doing. He owns one suit because I guess there's like some clause in the Pennsylvania Constitution or something like this that compels him when he does some particular official duty. He wear a suit. Um, But otherwise, he's basically like always in his hoodie.
0: Now, there are some other places that have soda taxes. Like, for example, New York City, I believe, has a soda tax.
1: They got soda taxes other places, yeah.
0: Are poor people better off in New York City than in other places? Has anybody studied that? Pre-post
1: the soda tax? I'm not sure. And and one problem is I think your argument works over very long time periods. And it would
0: be hard to figure out in a study.
1: It would be hard to figure out in a study whether the obesity that soda contributes to. we, We should have somebody on just talk about soda taxes. But the point of this episode is it will not be. John Fetterman. Okay,
0: next. Did he respond or did he not respond? Did not respond. Okay. Did not respond. I'm sensing a pattern emerging.
1: Sensing a pattern. Yep. Okay. So, the next one is Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Buttigieg.
0: However you say his name. Uh, Well, I know who he is. He ran for president. Uh, I think it was like. A mayor in Indiana or something, South Bend yep. or something like that.
1: South Bend, ran Indiana. for
0: president, did not win. His consolation prize was to become the secretary of the Department of Transportation or something, right?
1: Transportation, yep. That's transportation.
0: It. So why would I want him on? Probably given that he's working with transportation, maybe to talk about gas taxes. Gas taxes. Ah,
1: gas taxes. Uh, but an interesting particular aspect of gas taxes, which I shall not force uh, you. To, okay, wait, you can,
0: wait, 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 wait. Gas, if you want. Um, okay, here we go. Gas prices are going up, have been going up. Now they're going back down, but 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 they had been going up. In fact, they are much higher than they were, say, a year ago. So there's kind of an interesting conundrum that one faces. When prices are going up, sometimes we're tempted to provide relief by giving tax deductions or tax credits, or I think California gave away gas cards or something crazy like this. Yes. But, of course, that has the effect of increasing demand, which might actually cause and gas already prices to go up even more.
1: Yep. So that's a good guess. But Are a good wrong? Guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a It was about gas taxes,
1: but I wanted to talk with him about, and he had some statements about, and it is actually an important policy issue, is those same gas taxes are used to fund our infrastructure, right? We use gas taxes kind of nominally at least to build roads and bridges and the kind of stuff that um, cars drive on. And it kind of makes sense, right? The more gas you buy, the more you're using roads. And so you should pay for those roads. So it's kind of like a, a pay for use kind of system.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. So I know where you're going. I know. Uh,
1: now you know where we're going. Okay, okay so go is this- You finish it off for
0: us. Well, no, I don't know. I guess I'm just guessing. Is this where now you're going to say, what do we do with electric vehicles? Because they don't use gas, but they do use roads.
1: Yeah, tell us that story.
0: Uh, well, it's actually turning out to be a huge problem because um, you can imagine that back in the day where basically how much wear and tear you had on the road was like very highly correlated with how much gas you put in your car. It was sort of a fair way to tax people for the use of infrastructure. But if you have an electric vehicle, those electric vehicles are basically free riding on all of the gas Free vehicles. riding, get it? Free riding, yes. Free exactly. driving. Very clever use of the economic term there, wasn't it? And uh, that's going to create a big problem because either you have to keep raising and raising gas taxes, which, of course, at the margin will decrease demand for gasoline vehicles and increase demand for electric vehicles.
1: Gas taxes on a smaller and smaller base as you have fewer and fewer gasoline. Or
0: Or alternatively, you could change the base to be something different like a tax on mileage, which I know has Uh been proposed. And actually, I personally like that idea but um, it's very complicated Okay, so how do
1: you... So that's exactly what I wanted to talk with Mayor Pete about. And again, if he wants to... Or I guess not Mayor Pete anymore, what would we call him? Secretary. Secretary Pete. Secretary... Buttigieg. Uh, Buttigieg. So we could have Secretary Buttigieg on. Still, he could redeem himself, come back on. Perfectly open to having that. But um, I think this is a fascinating issue. So you bring up... We're going to tax miles. So that's been proposed, but there's pretty big downsides to that. They don't appear to, to, to bother you, though.
0: Um. Well... I've heard people say that this is going to be an issue with privacy and reporting and so forth, because how do we deal with that? But I don't really see that as a problem because we have to renew our registration for our vehicles every year. And we already know what the mileages are. So just every year you report your mileage and you send, get a bill sent for how many miles you drove.
1: Okay. And if I live in New Jersey, which state gets it?
0: Well, that's an issue obviously, because and so then if I live right on the border and I drive so I in New York,
1: roads they are. And then you get the GPS in there. And some people don't like the government to know where they are every waking moment of the day.
0: But I think the solution to that problem is simple. You just get to tax the residents in your state based on the miles that they drive. Period.
1: I think there's some states for which that would represent a large reallocation of resources. Maybe. The the states where people work but don't live.
0: And And the gas tax doesn't have that problem?
1: uh, depends on where you feel you
0: your car. Well, out. Exactly. If I'm in New Jersey, fill up where it's cheap and drive over where but, it's but not.
1: with the gas tax. You just don't have a say. You just like, it is what it is. But with this new thing, since there's, you could decide different ways. There's going to be political disagreement. Okay. Anyway, that was, um, secretary. That was our fine secretary.
0: By the way, the, yes. your, your modern car is tracking you anyway.
1: My car is not.
0: That's because Jeff drives. For those of you who don't know, 2008 Toyota, <laughs> Yaris, Yaris, That is so small that Jeff has to roll down the back window if he wants to get his arm out the window.
1: Back automobile. Jeff is a
0: fairly large human, and a Yaris was not built for large humans, so it's quite interesting. Jeff drives it. A
1: fifteen hundred pound carrying capacity, which I still, (laughs) at least for the time being, am under fifteen hundred pounds.
0: (laughs) Don't keep filling yourself with that soda.
1: (laughs) Don't keep drinking the soda.
0: Oh, at least the, the sugary variety. Yeah.
1: Okay. Next. <clears throat> and here I struggled with the last guy's uh, last name. This one. I also don't know how to say it. Oh, and Pete, a uh, secretary, but did not answer at all. Okay. Next, Don Bayer, sp- pronounced spelled B E Y E R. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce I'd it. I'd probably say bear, Bayer? but I don't know. Bayer. Okay. Don Bayer.
0: I don't know who that is. Okay. Is he related to the aspirin empire? Representative Don Bayer. Okay. Still don't of know who. Virginia. Oh, Okay.
1: He's a sitting House of Representatives member,
0: and, and in Virginia, he, in Virginia,
1: and he, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, yep. and he voted—not voted—he proposed a one thousand percent tax on on oh, guns on AR guns? fifteen on AR-15 rifles on, AR-15. Yeah. on not AR fifteen on on um I think I can't was there on assault rifles or on AR fifteen rifles one of the two.
0: So, in other words, if you can't ban guns, just tax them so highly that they're too expensive to actually buy
1: correct and here actually to to actually this is a lot of credit actually to his office i did not ever get a response from him but from his um staffer i actually got quite a lengthy response to which i responded at length and we went back and forth there are a lot of words between us and a lot of uh, thoughtful words okay but so pretty, i got a question impressed. is
0: is he a u.s representative like representing virginia US in representative US in the united okay. states okay.
1: in washington yeah. dc
0: i see okay okay so uh
1: so, what do you think about a thousand percent tax on some kind of gun?
0: So, it's a very clever argument, um, a very clever idea, because it's going to be very difficult to get, um, and maybe unconstitutional to ban guns. So, the way you effectively ban them is to price them out of the reach of the typical consumer. How do okay. you do that with a tax? But, but my here, guess but there, is, and I here, don't. But know here's a hold on
1: before you move on. I think this is an important part. Why is that different than just I mean, so ban- so the Second Amendment could get in the way of banning it. But yeah. also, you just can't pass a law about anything with gun control unless you get some Republicans on board in the Senate. So what's special about a thousand percent tax that you don't have to get any Republicans on board?
0: Oh, so I don't know for sure exactly how this will work, except for that I think with tax rules... The way they exist right now basically we know because this has happened with the inflation reduction act all you needed to do was get the 50 democratic senators and right. so with a the vice president mi- so you didn't need to have minority, super a simple majority.
1: minority in the senate you can pass them something through called what's well, budget reconciliation yeah so if it's a budget measure you don't need to overcome a filibuster you can pass it with 50 people and so the question is is something budget related and so basically all taxes are considered budget related. And okay. so the question is, is a thousand. And so then what's it, what's a tax Actually, This, I, this was part of the discussion that I had with this tax staff was a great discussion. Um, we just couldn't find a time that would work for, for um, either the staffer or the Senate or the house representative member to be on the, on the, on the chat. The question is, is if you have this tax that isn't actually intended to raise revenue because nobody's going to pay it because it's a thousand percent, it's just like too high does that like run afoul of the budget reconciliation rules? Cause it's not really a tax, not really meant to raise revenue. And so that's actually an interesting question. I think there's uh kind of legal arguments on either side. Some people think this definitely would pass by what they call the, you know, the nuances here, the bird rule and that you would, this would be allowed to pass through with a simple minority, which is part of the purpose of doing it this way. Other people don't think that's the case, but in any event that was part of the magic of this thing is you could pass it with just, 50 Democrats. Now I don't think that there are 50 Democrats who would vote for it. Cause there are some, uh, you know, somewhat more in favor of gun Democrats. So you know, this, this isn't going anywhere anytime soon, but you could do it with 50 instead of
0: 60. Uh, yeah. So there's that, the whole idea. And, of then, raises, and then
1: we haven't even talked about the merits of the tax, but that yeah, raises a ton, fascinating ton, tons of political way to get this through, get some kind of gun control through.
0: So, yep. you know, a few episodes ago, we had a conversation about cigarette taxes. And cigarette yep. taxes are very high, like maybe not a 1,000%, but maybe a couple hundred percent of the value of a cigarette.
1: So it depends on a state-by-state basis. But when the base is like $4 and you have a 100% tax, that means $8. So in percentage terms, that's a crazy lot, but it's still only $4. dollars It has got $4. But if the thing starts out as $800... And it goes to eight thousand dollars, yeah, or you know whatever it would be. It, it that's a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty crazy. Very, very yeah. clever idea. Uh, if the representative would like to join us and discuss that, that would be very fascinating. Yeah, i
1: it. So one thing that I think so, was, you know, the conversation they had was both, you know, what do you do about the bird rule, and it, I think it's a fascinating conversation. I'd like to have with somebody actually. Uh, but then the next thing is to tax anything, you have to be able to define it. And that actually also gets to be a little tricky here, especially if it's a 1,000% tax on assault weapons. It gets to be a little bit trickier to define what an assault weapon is. actually. And the, and the bill, I mean, they, ha- they actually had legislative language for this thing. Um, and it's pretty fascinating to read through it and just like, in my mind, I had all, like this long list of guns that one could own. And you start checking it off, like what would be considered a, an assault rifle? What would not be according to this definition? And, it, and it's not trivial to define... Assault rifle.
0: So is your comment about it must be defined um, connected with a tweet that I saw yesterday from Rita de la Feria, who we happen to have on our so podcast? So she
1: recently said that in a very good... I mean, I think that's a, a kind of a time... T- I think even she said that's like a time-tested rule of tax. But yeah, that was a good
0: good tweet. Yeah, time-tested rule of tax is in order to tax something, you have to be able to define it. And if you are a, a kind of not a gun person, you would say, well, it's an assault rifle. that defi- It's defined. But if you actually know guns use guns, you um, kind of understand the way they work. It's not quite so simple to define an assault rifle.
1: And it's especially not simple. As once you've defined it, it's a moving target. If you say it's a thing that has this particular characteristic, these clever gun manufacturers are just going to change the gun so it doesn't yeah. have that characteristic yeah. anymore.
0: <laughs> and the interesting thing is many people think that AR stands for assault rifle, but it does not, in fact, right? So, Yeah. Um, okay. Enough on guns. Very fascinating. We hope the representative will reach out to us. If you happen to know the representative or are connected with him, please have him reach out. We would love to chat with him.
1: Okay. Next and finally, Trevor
0: Noah. Well, Trevor Trevor Noah just quit. He just resigned, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Did yeah. he was He was the Daily Show guy, right? Yeah. I think I read he just resigned. I'm pretty sure. So The Daily Show, why would you want to talk with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show? Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure, although interestingly enough, one time his staffers called me and interviewed me because he was doing something on The Daily Show about the Panama Papers, which was a release of tax-related information in Panama, and they wanted to kind of fact-check what they were saying. And they gave me the script, and the script was kind of, you know, in The Daily Show type, not particularly um, precise language and kind of intended to be funny. Not facty enough for you. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, it's not precisely correct, but it kind of gets at the gist. And they said, oh, that's good enough for what we're doing. <laughs> and So that's what they did. And they sent me a hat and a t-shirt, which was quite kind of them. But I have no idea why else he would. Why, why did you email him?
1: So I was watching a clip and he just had this little clip on rich people not paying any taxes. And I thought it'd be ah. great to have him come in and talk about, was, you know, I'm sure he's not a poor person, about rich people's tax burdens and where he thinks they should be and how they think he thinks they get around it. And I thought it was going to be great. This is a 0% likelihood that he'd actually come on, but why not try?
0: Now, interestingly enough, I'll bet that a pretty high fraction of his income is actually just W-2 wage income. Paid to him uh, by... I don't,
1: I don't know how they structure those contacts. No idea. I don't know,
0: but if could you be, have...
1: Could be that he doesn't have that much latitude, but...
0: Say you have $5 million of wage income, you're going to be paying a lot of tax. But yeah, if you have like $5 million of income from sources that a lot of people who have $5 million of income like carried interest or something, you might not be paying that much tax. So that would be a fun conversation.
1: Yeah. So the question here is, did he respond?
0: Um, my guess is he didn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of his staffers did, but they probably said something like, oh, actually, I think I remember this. I think you told me. I think they said he's booked out for like six months recording something and too busy to talk uh, to you or something. Too
1: too busy. So got a response, very kind response, very timely response, but too busy. But again, we believe in repentance here. If you want to come back on, Trevor, we'd be happy to have you on to talk about uh, the taxation of wealthy people or any other tax-related thing you want to talk about.
0: Okay, well I just Googled while we were talking Trevor Noah's salary. And I didn't get that, but it did say his net worth was fourteen million, which of course we don't tax net worth, at least not yet in this country. So it'd be fun to know what his salary was, which is probably available someplace. Oh, according to Celebrity Net Worth, Noah made between five to eight million per season for the first few years of his time as a daily show host. So let's just say he's making five million. That's what I guessed. I'm a good guesser. Uh, if that's W two income, he's paying a lot of tax.
1: Yeah, but again, I have no idea whether I don't think it's that useful for us to speculate on W two income versus some other fancier thing. You'd think if it's that much money, they'd figure out some fancy way to get around it. Uh
0: no, but I do think that's it's an important part of the debate because um we tend to classify rich and poor based on something like four hundred thousand of income or something like
1: that. Yeah, but if it's four hundred thousand of yeah, it depends on what four hundred
0: thousand kind of W two income, that person's paying a lot of tax. Four hundred thousand of capital gains. Person's not paying that much high of a tax rate, and there's many people who might not even reach the four hundred thousand dollar income range because they have a lot of wealth, but they have figured out ways to not recognize that wealth as income. That would be like Jeff Bezos, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe not under four hundred thousand, but no, under, but under yeah. less, under less than you might expect for some way
0: reason. less than you might think.
1: Yeah. So, in any event, that uh, those are the people that I wanted to highlight the chats that could have been again, we have redemption call in. You can be on here. Your chance is not all lost, but so far I was unable to get them on the well, show.
0: Well, I mean, okay. There's, I know, I know that. So I know that Jeff emails a lot of people <laughs> and I'm often copied on them. And I usually just delete them. I don't delete them, but I just don't respond because I, I, I have my, my tasks for this podcast. Um, I think we're going to have to have a round two of this episode because I know there are more than just four that have said no to you.
1: Yeah. So the question is, do we want to shame them or not? And also maybe they'll still come on.
0: Maybe they'll, they'll want still to burn come. all the bridges. Well, if we have shamed you sufficiently and your name was mentioned and you want to redeem yourself, we would be happy to have you. No questions asked. We won't even ask why you didn't come on in the first place. We'll just, this is like, um, it's like an amnesty program. Just come on and do your thing and it will pretend like nothing ever happened. We might even consider deleting this episode, but we probably won't. Yeah, very good. Okay. Well, that's another edition of Tax Chats. I'm Scott Diring, professor of accounting at Duke University, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and friend and colleague at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Jeff Hoops. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.